Welcome to Life Source Church. We are so glad you found us. We hope that you will experience God with us as you hear the preaching of the Word. Who are you to judge me? Several years ago, um, I had the opportunity to be involved in an online conversation uh, through the Telegram, through the newspaper, on some key issues, social issues, uh, issues related to morality and our society and how we look at those things. And uh, there's actually really a lot of posting going on and lengthy posts and uh, thoughtful, challenging posts. And I don't know if you know, on on these um, forums, you know, you don't use your own name. You know, good news, bad news, right? But uh, but my name, you have a screen name there, my name was Uncommon Sense, okay? That's how, yeah, I know, (laughs) Uncommon Sense. Uh, but there was another person on there who, he and I did the majority of the back and forth on this, and his name was Realist. And uh, he definitely did not come from a Christian, from a Christian worldview, uh, but we had some really good conversations, and I was trying to, to be open and to kind of try to drill down to get to the foundational issues so we could talk about God and Christ. And... Uh, I thought things were going pretty well, but all of a sudden at one point, he said, who are you to judge? You're being judgmental. Now at the time, I didn't feel like I was being judgmental, and looking back, I'm still not sure that I was, but that's where he ended up with it. And the conversation ended You can't judge me. You call yourself a Christian, didn't Jesus say? What? What did Jesus say? Don't judge. But depending on when you got saved, he says, thou shalt not judge. <laughs> judge not. But thou shalt not be judged. That's our society is where it's at, isn't it today? Anybody who wants to make a judgment about what's right and wrong gets accused of being judgmental and judging in contrast to what Jesus said we were supposed to do and and how we're supposed to do it. How many of you have experienced at some point in your life somebody challenging you about the fact that you were judging? Okay, most of us have. And if you haven't experienced it personally, you have seen it or heard it. You've heard it in in the media. We've all experienced this. And, And where does the conversation almost always go after that? Nowhere. It's, it's a game ender, right? It's the whistle at the end of the game. Usually a screeching halt, and then there's a sense of uneasiness in the conversation because somebody has played the trump card. No more conversation. Well, what did Jesus really say about judging? Did he really say not to? Yeah, yes, he did. Wow. How do we deal with that? I mean, don't we have to make judgments about right and wrong? How can we do that if we're not supposed to judge? How do we take a stand for something or against anything? How do we share the gospel? Because the gospel includes the message of judgment for sin. That's why people need the gospel. 
And if you can't make that judgment, how do you share the gospel? Well, let's turn in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 7 as we consider to work our uh, look at Jesus' way in the Sermon on the Mount and see what Jesus said and let's, let's wrestle with what he meant and then reach some conclusions about what it means for us. So we've made it all the way to chapter 7 now. Matthew chapter 7, page 1118 in the Bible that's in the pew. And if you don't have a Bible with you today, we really encourage you to follow along. It'll be helpful to you. Uh, and you can find it in the Bible that's in the pew on page 1118. And so here, here it is. Jesus says, judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own? In your own eye. How, or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye. And this this word, I believe this is, I, I'm, I don't remember for sure, but I think this is the only time this word appears in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, hypocrite. Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to the dogs. Nor cast, your pill, pills, <laughs> nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. Now, you know, so Jesus here just goes quick over again. He's, he's talking about not judging and, and how you're going to be treated and, and responded to when you're making those kinds of judgments and, and you're trying to judge other people and you've got your own problems here. And, and this leads to hypocrisy. And then verse number six, again, do not give what is holy to dogs nor cast your pearls before swine. And, and by the way, I've got to be honest with you, I wrestled and wrestled and wrestled with why he said this here. Verse number six. Um, on the face of it, and we're going we're gonna to drill down more into you know, how it applies to what we're seeing from the word here. But on the face of it, it does tell us that, that it does not make sense to share something with someone who has zero appreciation for it or zero openness to it, right? In fact, it's going to come back to haunt you when you do, he says. But so let's go back and work our way through these thoughts a little bit. And so we have the question here. I mean, Jesus says here, verse 1, judge not that you be not judged. Okay, don't judge. Does this really mean we can't make judgments at all? No judging at all whether something is right or wrong? No judgments about whether a certain approach to life or behavior in, in a church setting is acceptable or not? And by the way, I think, let's just be real clear here, all through the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus has been talking about personal things, our personal lives. He's not talking about a government and whether or not it has judges or not. He's not talking about that. He's talking about me and you. Does it mean that you can't judge at all? Well, when we want to understand the Bible, do we look at one verse and say, that is it? 
Or do we take that verse and try to understand it in the light of everything else that the Bible says? That's what we do, don't we? When we do that, it becomes pretty clear right away that Jesus did not mean no judgments at all. That isn't what he was trying to say. In fact, in, in the Gospel of John, in chapter 7, in verse number 24, he says these words. Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Okay? So Jesus is saying what? What are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to make judgments? Yes, we are. But we're not to judge on surface appearances or, or our own opinions or what we see, but we are to judge righteous judgment. In other, words, in other words, if God has made a judgment about something, then we can apply that judgment and make decisions about things. Okay, very clear that Jesus did not intend to tell us. He, he's not forbidding the making of judgments. Well, what is he forbidding then? Well, there's another passage that's very similar to, to this passage we're looking at here. It's, it's in the Gospel of Luke, uh, chapter 6 and verse 37. And Jesus says this, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. And, and then he talks, goes on about give and good measure and, and the measure that you use very much like our passage. But it seems to me that when we look at this passage, we start to get a, a little different attitude. It isn't just about don't make judgments. No, it's about your attitude, your approach to these things, you know? And so you start thinking, how do you interact with others? Do you interact with others as a judge or not? Do you interact with others as a condemner? Is that your relationship with people? You're a condemner or are you a forgiver? And so it's this whole attitude toward people. And so I really believe when we go back here to Matthew chapter 7 that what Jesus is talking about is not whether or not we can make individual judgments. And by the way, this word that's translated judge here can also mean condemn. He isn't talking about whether or not we can make specific judges. He's talking about being judgmental. And there's a difference. There's a difference between making judgments about things and being judgmental. Now, if you want to define that, it gets a little tricky. But how many of you would say with me that you think when you see judgmental, you recognize it? How about when you're on the receiving end of it? Okay, so, so we, we have a sense about that, that it's not just about making a judgment about what's right or wrong, it's about our attitude, and the role we see ourselves as having. And Jesus here says that involved with this being judgmental is hypocrisy. Because almost always when we are being judgmental, we are either acting like we are something we are not, or we're acting like we're not something that we really are. And that comes through. And so he's forbidding being judgmental. We'll talk a little bit more about judgmental in a moment. But here's what I want you to, to see today from the passage that we read. Being judgmental is never right, even when you're right. Being judgmental is never right, even when you're right. Now, you can be right about the issue and be wrong because you're judgmental. 
in your approach to the issue. You're judgmental in your attitude. You're judgmental in how you see your role. Judgmental leads us to focus on the person rather than the issues. And it all backfires on us, which you'll see in just a minute. But why do we become judgmental? Oh, wait a minute. I just, I just switched on us, didn't I? I've been talking about judgmental out there. And all of a sudden, I talked about us. Don't raise your hand. But how many of you would say with me that sometimes you find yourself being judgmental? And I'd like to think that this is something that I've really kind of addressed in my life over the years. You know, you work, you grow, and, and I do. And, and, and I don't stay there long, but I've got to tell you this time, from time to time, I find myself with a judgmental feeling or a judgmental attitude about someone or something. And the Holy Spirit makes it pretty clear pretty quickly that I'm not supposed to be doing that. But we do. Why, why do we do that? Well, I'm not sure why it is, to be honest with you. I think there are probably lots of reasons. Sometimes there's a, a sense of insecurity for people. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been in this situation, but I've watched people who make a statement about something that's right or wrong, and they make a judgment. Maybe it's about God. Maybe it's about morality, whatever. They make this statement, and someone challenges them, and they get angry. And they get angry because the challenge isn't to what they're believing. They feel personally challenged. And so it may be, hey, if I'm insecure in my beliefs, if I'll just say it louder, I'll feel stronger about it, right? <laughs> I remember hearing years ago, I don't know if it's really true or not, but I heard about a preacher who had in his notes, he wrote this in parentheses to himself, says, this point is weak, talk louder. <laughs> but so is it possible we become judgmental in those areas. Because, you know, we're trying to make ourselves feel better about something. Sometimes people are judgmental about an area of life that they personally struggle with. You know, that's the amazing thing. Sometimes, you know, someone who comes across so judgmental about certain issues, later on, what do you hear? That that was their issue. Lots of reasons why we might be judgmental. You could probably come up with a lot, a lot more. Uh, but it's a, it involves a willingness to injure someone else. To get something out of it. There's something that we get out of it. It's not good, but we're doing it for some reason. And I would say to you here, when he talks about this plank in your eye, in your own eye, I think part of that plank is this. Is that when I do something, I know about my motives. Right? When you do something... I don't know what your motives are. And so if I do something that might look questionable, right, or, or do something that other people wouldn't agree with or whatever, well, I know what my motives are. I was doing it for this reason. It was a good reason, and here's how I got here in my rationality. Therefore, it's okay. It's not a problem. When you do it, or something else, I look at it and say, there's no reason good enough to do that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Part of the plank is that I know my motives and I don't know yours. And that gets in the way of me seeing clearly what's going on. And the result is being judgmental. So being judgmental is never right, 
even when you're right. Well, why? Why is that true? Why, if you're right, is it then still not right? Well, it's because of this. When you're judgmental, the issue, the issue that you want to talk about, the issue is no longer the issue. You being judgmental has become the issue. You see that? Look at, again, verses 3 and 4. This is what uh, Jesus is saying. You know, hey, you're looking at the speck in your brother's eye, but don't you, look, you've got a plank in your own eye. Now, why are you thinking you can remove the speck in your brother's eye? You've got a plank in your own eye. And, and so when we are being judgmental, we're trying to, to deal with an issue, but we become the problem. We become the problem. When you're judgmental, you become a bigger problem than any problem you wanted to address. Okay? Let that soak in for just a minute. It becomes, when you become judgmental, the whole thing becomes about you. And I think that's part of what makes something judgmental is when all of a sudden I insert me into the mix. My standards, my way of living, how I look at things. And I'm judging you accordingly. By the way, do you know that we, we, we I'll stick with we, we tend to be judgmental about things that come easy for us and very gracious and merciful, right, with ourselves about the things that don't. But we become the issue. When you're judgmental, you become a bigger problem than any problem you wanted to address, and it works against everything. It gets in God's way. It gets in God's way. Because when you're judgmental, you become wrong about what's right. And even your good will be turned to bad. Because, understand this, judgmental people tend to make other people judgmental. I, mean, I want to think about this, you know. If, if someone comes up to you and they have a judgmental attitude toward you and they put you down and say something judgmental to you, do you usually, is your response to go... Oh, thank you. I asked God for this today, that he would show me the truth. No, you're more likely to say, oh, yeah? And you are what? <laughs> See, is that true or not? Am I making this up? That's where we are naturally, right? When someone comes at us judgmental, we tend to, boom, respond judgmental back to them. And then we'll even, you know, jump down to that, don't judge me. We might not say it, but we feel it. Judgmental people tend to make other people judgmental. And what that does, when I'm judgmental towards someone, you're judgmental towards someone, it, it stirs that response in them. And what happens is they now refuse to hear. They refuse now to hear what you say. You get that? Right? Because you've been in their face being judgmental. It's about you, apparently, but now they just shut it off. Like I said, conversations tend to end. And so verses 1 and 2, this idea of being judging and condemning and, and, and you know, measuring out this judgment leads to verse number 6. Now, like I told you, I wrestled with this and, and what's it mean and what's it mean for us. Let me, let me share with you that as I prayed about this, talking about it, what came to mind. 
beside the principle that sometimes, you know, trying to give something to somebody that doesn't appreciate is not a good idea, and it's going to come back to get you. But I want you to see this. When you... Step back here. Being judgmental is never what? Even when you're right. You know, if you have something true to say to somebody, that's a holy thing. Because they need help with something. And you have something true to say, that's a holy thing. It's, it's a good and valuable thing. Wise thing, like valuable like pearls. But when you go after someone judgmentally, you are most likely going to change the kind of response that they give. They're going to set up these walls and refuse to hear. And all of a sudden now, and I'm not talking about their character and who they become, but Jesus said, don't give dogs what is holy. Why? They don't appreciate it, have no use for it. Don't want it. And I'm saying to you, when you are judgmental to someone, you can put them in the position of not being interested in what is holy. Having no use for what is good and valuable because you're being judgmental. Can you see that? Is that registering with you? You create people who don't want to hear what you have to say, even if what you have to say matches God's word. And the reason you don't is because you are so judgmental. You are so judgmental. You, you create people who don't appreciate godly wisdom at the moment because you are so judgmental. And when you're judgmental, your witness will be rejected. And, and look, what's it say in, in verse 6 there? Okay, don't give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample underfoot. They, they aren't going to value it, have no use for it. And then what are they going to do? They're going to turn and tear you to pieces. Now that ought not surprise you, you know why? When you got judgmental, you made yourself the issue. And now you become the target. What was the issue is no longer the issue because now you are the issue. So what are you gonna do? What do we do about this? What can you do about it? What should we do about it? Well, verse number five. Let's look there. Let's, let's chew, chew on this for a minute. He says, hypocrite. Once again, terrible. That's, you know, like the, the, one of the hardest accusations Jesus ever gives. And he says this. First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. I want you to see something. Right there, Jesus makes it clear that it's okay to make a judgment about the speck in your brother's eye. Right? He says, first do this, then that. But here's what I want you to think. I'm going to suggest an idea to you. That in this passage, he talks about planks, and he talks about specks. And I want to assert to you that I think both are the same size. Let me show you why. Just a minute, okay? All right. Take, take your, 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 let's do your thumb. That'll work better. Take your thumb and hold it out as far in front as you can. Everybody, right? Hold it out there. Okay, see how big it is? Okay, you can still see most everything, can't you? You see most everything? 
Take that and bring it close one eye and bring it back in front of your eye. Uh-oh. Can't see nearly as much, can you? But it's the same size. And the difference is, is when I see it in your eye, it's a little thing speck. When it's in my eye, it's huge. But what I want you to get out of this is, is this, that really we are in the same situation. You and I are in the same boat. We have stuff in our eyes that needs to be removed. We've got problems in our lives that need to be addressed. We have truths that we shouldn't ignore anymore. We are in the same boat with those things. We are in it together. And Jesus is here saying it's okay to help something with something that's not right in their life. But remove the hypocrisy. Remove the attitude that I'm the one who's got it right. You're the one who's got it wrong. To know we're in this together. Hey, Dave, would you come up here for a minute? Dave didn't know about this, so. Come on up here real quick, yeah. Yeah, your part's real easy. Okay. Okay? Stand here, all right? When I'm saying I'm the one that's right and you're the one that's wrong, it's like this. Okay? And when I'm suggesting that Jesus is trying to tell us that we need to do this. (laughs) This is, I'm looking at something. Do you see the difference? You see the difference? Thank you. You can go sit down. And so here's what you can do about this, folks, to not be judgmental. You need to learn to interact with people as a fellow traveler, not as a judge. And we all, you know, I get, oh, yeah, that's right, of course, that's right, yeah. But the reality is, is that we don't always do that. Sometimes we find ourselves, and we may never say a word, nobody else may know it, but in our minds, we're being judgmental. Interact with people as a fellow traveler, not as a judge. This is a standing side by side, looking at the issue together, not face to face in, in, you know, accusation. We all have problems. I understand. That's what we want to communicate. If you're going to interact with people as a fellow traveler, this can't be just something you try to put on. You actually have to start to see yourself that way. You know, you ask God to challenge you, first to maybe to reveal it to you and then to challenge you about it. How many times you actually do look at yourself and someone else and conclude, I'm not that way. I'm better. They're, I'm right. They're wrong. I, I know I'm not the only one. You need to see yourself as a fellow traveler. how you see yourself. You know, don't see yourself as a judge, but see yourself as a sinner who has been saved by the grace and mercy of God. A fellow traveler. Now, here's the deal. Jesus says when you do that, when you finally, okay, now we've removed this plank. I'm judge, that's a big plank. Get that out of there. We remove that plank, now we can address the issues. And so now, if you have to make an honest judgment about something, you know, really, this is, this is, 
you're thinking, this is not a good thing. This is sinful. It's, it's hurting this person. It's hurting. And you have to make a judgment. You will now make that judgment not as a judge, but as a fellow traveler. And it's an entirely different role. Entirely different. And I love that last song that we sang today. Because it reminds me that Jesus has already taken care of the judgment for sin on the cross. Sin has been judged. You and I don't have to be judging it. I'm judging the person who's the sinner. Now, let me just be real clear. I, I don't want any of you to go away with a mistaken understanding today that we no longer say something is right or something is wrong. We don't. But we do it as fellow travelers. Jesus died on the cross, experiencing the full wrath and judgment of the Father for, not for his sin, but for mine. And for yours, the sins of the whole world. I can't even, I can't fathom him on the cross and then all of a sudden bearing the guilt for my sin. And for your sin, the sins of the whole world. Paying the penalty. He died that way. And somehow rather the father saying, you know, if forsaking, I don't even know how that works. That that's huge. He rises from the dead three days later. Alive, sin is paid for. And if you or I will come to the Lord and say, man, I have sinned. I have blown up. My sins have separated me from you. I'm on my way to hell because of my sins. I believe you died for my sins and rose again. And I'm going to trust Jesus as my Savior. Trust him and accept his payment for the penalty of my sins. Every sin forever, get forgiven forever. Uh, you get heaven, eternal life, and God himself comes to live inside and begins changing you from the inside out. But Jesus is already taking care of the judgment aspect for sin. And by the way, you can trust Jesus' Savior at this moment, anytime. You just got to connect with him on those truths and trust him. And because Jesus has already taken care of the judgment for sin, we can focus on grace and mercy in our relationships with people. And when we get this right, it's really big when we get it right. And let me tell you, let me tell you what will happen when you and I get it right about being fellow travelers and not judges. Here's what will happen. People will open up their lives, their hearts and lives, to a fellow traveler. They will. When you sit and are open and listen as a fellow traveler, yeah, and you know what you're hearing may be not right, may not be lined up, but you're listening because you're a fellow traveler. You, too, were a sinner. And you listen. They will open up their lives to you. And if they open up your, their lives to you as a Christian, oh, there's a real high likelihood that they will eventually open up their lives to Christ. I mean, I don't know how many times, you know, Dave and I have been out. We go out every week and spend time together out, usually at a restaurant. I can't tell you uh, how many waitresses we've had. We, we sit there, we care, we talk briefly. You know, how much conversation you get with waitresses? 
And I'll, I'll, I can just sense sometimes, I said, well, so what's going on? How, how are you doing? And they, all of a sudden, they spill their whole life on us, sitting there at the table. Why? Because people will be open to someone who comes across as a fellow traveler. I learned this firsthand with my father. When I came to Christ at 19 years of age, my parents were in a very liberal uh, religious denomination, and they just, you know, they, in fact, they had a conversation. My dad told me years later, we had a conversation where they, they looked at each other and said, what did we do wrong? Because I had become this fundamentalist Christian. And so I used to try to witness them. We used to have conversations. This goes on into my adulthood, and, and even after we're living up here and working here, and, and I was this, it was always a problem. And I would try to talk to my father, and, he tried, and there was always this tension, Okay? And I don't think I was being judgmental. It wasn't my, my intent at all. But there was always this tension trying to talk about it. One day, he asked me a question. He said this. He just kind of sat back and looked at me and said, could you be wrong? And I had one of those moments where God said, hold your tongue. Because my tendency is to say, no, I can't be wrong about this. This is right. You need to know it. You need to understand it. You need to respond. You need... Right? That's what I felt like. But the Holy Spirit just said very clearly, says, you're human telling the truth. Huh. Yeah, Dad, I could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, you obviously know I'm persuaded and <laughs> convinced and I do believe it, but yeah. I could be wrong, and I kid you not, it's like my dad relaxed. And we began a different conversation that led eventually to him trusting Christ. So listen, even though I, like I, said, I don't feel like I was being judgmental because of the whole nature of the way the world is about making judgments, I think he felt like there was a judgmental, and, but what happened is this, when he said, could you be wrong, and I said yes, it was no longer about me. I'm telling you, that's the way it is with being judgmental. It's about you. And you need to remove that. That's no longer about you. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ and the truth that will set people free. What would happen if every member and attender of Life Source Church be, began to see themselves, we saw ourselves as fellow travelers and not judges? What if all of us were, were no longer judgmental but gracious and merciful? What, you know, what if we were not pushing people away from God by hardening them to what is holy and good because we're so judgmental? What? And when there is a judgment to be made, we make those judgments as fellow travelers and we speak the truth in love. We speak the truth in love. Fellow travelers, not judges. This is the Jesus way. We've got to make a choice to exchange our way for his way. And if, if we can do this, if, if, and by the way, I already think there's so much of this good going on here. I just see it. I hear it. It's so much good, but we've we got to work on it, do better. And when that happens, how did people respond to the, 
Do you remember how the people felt about the Pharisees and the Sadducees? What they said was burdensome and hard, and it, you know, they kind of you know, didn't want much to do with them. Jesus comes along, tells the whole truth, and what happens? What do people do? They're drawn to him. They come to him. And I would say to you that in some sense, in the incarnation, God the Son coming down to earth and becoming a man, taking upon him the form of a man, he became a fellow traveler. And it opened people up to him. And so here's the deal. When you and I, as when we all together become like this, people are going to see less and less of us separate from Jesus. They'll see more and more of Jesus in us. And do you remember what happened in the Gospel of Mark when word got out that Jesus was in the house? So there was not room to hold them. Father, we come before you today and thank you for your word and that you tell us the truth, Lord, about things uh, that are very real to us. We're so grateful that you have saved us, that you have judged our sin and, and paid the penalty for it. I pray, Father, that we will make decisions today either to begin or to continue or to improve on not being judgmental, not letting it become about us, but instead very purposely becoming fellow travelers, not judges. And I pray that you will bring people to us and to yourself as a result. And I pray this in Jesus' name.